0: Welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind in our fabulous red lipstick and no jumpers. I am your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I am joined by the lovely Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. Hello. We would like you, hello, say hello, Shay. Bonjour. Bonjour. We would like you to head on over to patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast because that is where we show you love you show us love we have digital downloads of our cookbooks we have a discord call we have a monthly hangout with our fangirls we have lots of fun stuff downloads and and good stuff there and it's a very special place so patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast over on patreon Today's show is brought to you by Tubes & Company. Tubes & Company is your one-stop shopping. We get a lot of questions because you guys know how Shay and I feel about organic locally sourced products so tubes and company is your one-stop shop for organic all natural skincare and makeup and a lot of you are asking how do we get rid of toxins in our skincare and makeup and tubes and co is the answer they offer an entire line of products including skin serums and face balms and mascara i love me some mascara. Lipstick, you need to pick the color red wine. When you guys see us on Instagram and you're asking, what color lipstick are you wearing? That is red wine. So aptly named. Yeah, baby. Eyeshadows and liners and deodorants for those of us that are stinky in the garden all day and yep. soaps and more. So, Emily is a personal friend. We've known her for years. She is strict. When you see the word clean on a product, you want to she know that it's clean it. and that's what her and her family stand for. So check them out at ToopsandCo.com. And when you do, use the code HOMEMAKER because this is what is so fabulous about our advertisers is they give you guys discount cones. Discount cones? Yes. Yes. <laughs> cones for sure. Discount <laughs> codes for being listeners to the show. ToopsandCo.com and the coupon code HOMEMAKER.
1: You know, it's funny when you say cone. First thought, ice cream. Second thought, those cones Madonna used to wear way back when.
0: My mind Uh, just went. That was Jean-Paul Gaultier. That was the Jean-Paul Gaultier bra. And then he subsequently made a perfume with that same corset. Called cone bra? No, but that was just like he had like a perfume bottle. And there was a female, you know, a femme version of the perfume. Mm. And there was an homme. For men, version of the cologne. And I have to tell you, Joel wore the ohm. It smelt so good. I actually, now you're making Listen me wonder me. if they still make that. I don't even know anything that you're talking about, but it was not a good <laughs> look. look on your face, your eyelids, just, you're just like, what is she speaking? What sort <laughs> of Greek is she speaking? But I'm just like a factoidal... Plethora of knowledge for you, Shay. A factorial. You said Jean Paul, you had me at Jean Paul wow. Gaultier. So. I didn't say that. I said Madonna's bra. That's what I said. The cone bra. Oh, no. Bra. <laughs> That's true. You had me at Madonna's cone shaped bra. <laughs> uh, what tour was that? I don't even remember. <laughs> what were you like for? I was a young child and I remember okay, thinking. When hmm. right now, when you say cone, do you know what I'm thinking? Yes. Cone-shaped. <laughs> I am thinking of watching my cows utter like a psychopath. Okay. Waiting for her teats to go from like really long to like cone shape. I did not go
1: there with my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so- from Madonna to cow
1: teats. You were like so staying in be the arena here. <sighs> Seriously, though.
0: And thank you, Zoom, for that awkward moment because I have no idea what you just said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. (laughs) All right, moving on from Cone. We're not talking about calving. We're not talking about Madonna's bra. And we are not even talking about ice
0: cream. Uh, I know we're talking about sleeping good, right? Are we? Yes,
1: we are. That is exactly what we're talking about in our American Blossom sheets. Okay, funny story about this. I washed all the sheets and washed all the clothes and... Okay, my kids are swimming in the pond a bunch. And what that means is like, go outside in your, you know, swim trunks, come back inside and put a fresh pair of clothes on. Go outside in your swim trunks, come back inside and put a fresh pair of clothes on. I washed so much laundry last week. I wanted to scream. But You have nothing better to do. I have nothing better to do with my time than wash clothes that have and been worn for three hours. Do they hours. actually
0: bring it in or is there like uh, like they went skinny dipping? Is yeah. there just laundry just all strewn. around the edge of the pond? I just, that's what
1: my pond yeah. looks like. I send them around with a laundry basket. I'm like, get it all. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I so I washed it all. I piled it all. Washed sheets. On and on. I literally stuck my hand into this Mount Everest of laundry. And I was just feeling around and patting around. I touched my American Blossom Linens. And I know I know what they are <laughs> from the texture of the sheet. I'm not kidding you guys. It is that different. These are Texas Grown Cotton organic sheets that you need to have because you buy them once and literally you don't have to buy sheets again. They are that nice. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Uh, Use the coupon code HomeMakerChic20 to get 20% off of your sheet set. They get softer and softer with each washing. The feel and the touch of them is like no other sheet that I have ever felt before. So this was one of those like desperate grabs, like plunge the arm in, wrestle around until I find it and yank it out. And I could feel because the cotton feels that good, that soft and that vintage to the touch. They are so nice. Go love on them. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Uh, homemaker sheet 20 for your discount code go- discount code wow discount code
0: mm. cone shaped we're really good at this seats and discount okay, code. something. Really <laughs> and uh, just saying like if oh, that's, that's the, please do the difference i have a feeling in a pile of so we've shared with you guys seriously. before that Think in the, the spirit of better night. not more yes. we are encouraging you to buy better but by less. And we're not really wanting to just read to have like the average podcast advertisers. There's a lot of the same advertisers you hear on a lot of podcasts. And Shay and I are actually seeking out advertisers that we would like to work with. However, Meg over at 956 Studio reached out to us, bless her heart, and she Asked if she could be an advertiser on the show. So 956 Studio is a sustainable loungewear clothing for homemakers. I love this. This company is in Wisconsin. This is a Wisconsin fellow homemaker mama that reached out to me. So this is perfect for work at home mamas or homebodies. You know, those of you gals that work at home and you just, you know, you want to feel a little bit presentable because you're doing a Zoom call or you have to have sort of an attitude of working. You really shouldn't do your job in pajamas because that Mm. kind of. Sets an image. It even comes out in your voice. This is the company for you. So this is chic, comfy styles that you need to look and feel your best. The loungewear from 956 Studio is ethically produced here in the Midwest. It's sewn from organic cotton grown in the USA. Garment dyed with a very low impact, non-toxic dyes, and even shipped in eco packaging. So, there's free shipping and return shipping in the United States. It's a women owned company. And Meg is offering Homemaker Chic listeners 20% off with the discount code Chic20. So, I love That's this. Fabulous. I love that she reached out to us. She's got like these really cute wrap blouses and a really cute just sheath like day dress that you could totally rock Well I'm loving Model those like on. trouser kind of things like the loose I know. Like, like knee Okay how thing? many of you have friends that are Nurses and they wear scrubs and you look at them and you're like that looks really comfortable. Mm-hmm. If only there was like a chic version of scrubs oh, for yeah, me to wear around maybe. my house. So this is what we're talking about: really comfortable loungewear. She has this like wrap blouse, this really cute sheath dress, and she does like a fun like trunk show kind of a concept a few times a year where you can sort of get in on a pre-sale and get the the latest fashions as they're coming out. She says, Meg says when she started working from home, she believed the lie that because no one would see her, it didn't matter how she looked growing up for the days of working at home. And it had a really um an effect on her quality of work and her productivity and her self-worth. And that's sort of the foundation that she started this company on. So we're extremely excited to welcome 956studio.com as an advertiser to the show. Yes. Go there, use the code CHIC20.
1: I am really digging these pants. I love that style. Nice little loafer. Oh, you guys, do you remember when we were talking about shoes that we were going to wear? The shoe problem? Okay. I am testing this and I am taking one for the team and ordering myself. I ordered myself two different pairs of shoes. I'm going to show them to you over on Instagram, but I think I've solved our shoe problem. And they would look really good with this wide pant that she has on her Okay, on the her shoe Instagram. problem
0: being from last season when we talked about like, what oh, if yes. you're Sorry. like wanting to get all your vintage yeah. feels on and you want to dress vintage or yeah. you want to dress like you're Euro from the vintage. 1800s, yeah. like the shoeing can really ruin the look. Yes, so Shay says she's got a solution I for I can't us. expose it yet but I will Okay,
1: be patient with me.
0: Um, You're going to have to be patient with me, Shay, because I'm going to share our love comment. Okay. From this week um, after I like burp. What? (laughs) I have like a hair (laughs) bubble in my chest. I'm not going to burp, but if you hold on, just let me get my composure. Okay. I, you're going to have to be patient with me because I didn't sound this name out before I, it's not an easy name to say. Amanda, Zarzambech, Zarzambech, Zarzombeck. I'm sorry, Amanda, Amanda Zarzombek over on Instagram. <laughs> she says, and I'm super uncomfortable saying this because I'm from the Midwest. Do you want me to say it? Shh, because nope, we say it in our I'm house. I'm going to do it. Okay. She says, y'all, thank y'all for being unapologetically y'all. <laughs> Look, I've I've said it thrice now. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I just can't even begin to explain what y'all have brought me to what what y'all have brought <laughs> to me and my life. But here, let me try. I feel empowered. I feel confident. I feel inspired. I feel excited. I had struggled with my identity and being not so mainstream. And now I know I am a homemaker and there is power and importance in just that. It's a whole new world. Insert me dancing around As Jasmine here, as I fluff the pillows, fold the sheets, dry the dishes, knead the bread, light the candles, candles, and entertain (laughs) my babes like no one is watching. Yeah, baby. I love that. I know we say that after every comment, but we do pick the love comment. So it's not only that you love us, but we love your comment. Wouldn't it be funny if we did a hate comment of the week? <laughs> uh, oh, that made her sweat so she, instantly. She's wiping her upper lip. Oh no! <laughs> As I told you last time, I take the brunt of those because Shay likes to uh, hide away. So I don't think I'll share those. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep them on the. Please don't the down low the low down. Which Please one is it? Is it the, the down low down? or the low down? We were having this conversation before we aired uh, from Meet the Parents. Down low, like you. It's the down low. Is the actual keep way them to say down it? Down low. Yep. The lowdown. No. But that scene is really funny.
1: You're going to confuse me now.
0: <laughs> I'm going to confuse everyone. And so for that. Cue, cue the wine, wine music. music. <laughs> we love the wine music. I'm just going to let it play for a second, Shay.
1: Yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it today. I tell you, I'm feeling this podcast right now. I have so much. I can't wait to talk about. After your wine, of course.
0: What are you sipping, Miss Angela Reed? <laughs> Today's wine segment is brought to you by Dry Farm Wines, and I am si- sipping a lovely bottle of wine. This is a Produit de France, product of France, from Dry Farm, called Val de, de Loire. France. So it's from the Loire Valley, and it's called La Fruitière. So it's like I didn't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> the fruit wine. <laughs> uh, so this is a Savignon Val de Loire, and um, I have to say. Uh, once again, I was out. I mean, actually, you want me to translate this? The family. Oh, it's too small. My, my. I'm sorry. Do I need? Did you have to pull back I'm for sorry. Readers, did you see me do that? If only
1: you had them on a chain around your neck, Wait. where you could easily flip them up to your eyes to read small print.
0: Wow, and my depends uh, on at the same time. Yes, chain? Stare at a dream. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So this family has been making wine since 1816 from the Grand Valleys of the Loire in a village from the chateau. I can't read that because I'm too old. Can you say the name and again? Can you show me the labels? Yes. And tell me- La Fruitière. This one. La Froutière, Okay. No. Fru. Fru. La Fruitière. La Fruitière. <laughs> La sure. <laughs> <laughs> this, so it's very yummy. Not all that to say. It's fabulous. This is 100% Sauvignon Blanc. And um what percentage is a it? delicious. Sorry. What percentage alcohol is it? 12%, 12%. Mhm. Fabulous. Yeah. I bought This is small production bottling has been hand selected by Jean-David Hendrick for its expression of terroir. And unique character, it really is good. Take a little swig I and think, tell me what it tastes like. Uh, well, let me drinking try out sip. of the
1: bottle is so satisfying, and I don't mean that in like a oh, drink too much kind of a way, I but like
0: I, I I don't like that. It. Joel does that; like he'll walk by and he'll just go like. Ah. Give me that in a baguette okay, on the I hillside. side, yum. I just here's my thing on sub Blanc. I think a lot of times they just taste like paper. They're just so uninspiring and boring. And this one is not. Okay. That would be the best. That would be my description. You heard it right from the (laughs) horse's mouth. If you would love to check out
1: these better wines that are super clean, organic, biodynamic from all over the world, be sure to check out the dry farm link uh, in the show notes or over on our website at Homemaker Chic Podcast because it's this. Great subscription where you can get three, six or 12 bottles delivered to your door monthly. I do the 12. I also do the bubbly. Uh, There's good wines to be had out there. They do not make you feel terrible because of that lower alcohol and natural fermentation. They got all the good stuff going on. Love it.
0: Now, Shay, you were telling me the other day day, that when there's a bottle that I really like, I can select that with my subscription which I think is great so for those of you that do follow on Patreon we have been posting uh, pictures of these wine labels Mm -hmm. so if there's something specific you want to try with your subscription you can yes
1: okay goodness gracious I've been wanting to talk about this for 20 (laughs) minutes (sighs) well I'm sweating with excitement
0: sweating it's hot here You're sweating like my bottle of a Sauvignon Blanc in my hot office. Yes,
1: it's hot. It's hot everywhere. But we are going to talk today about something that is so important. And I hope it's important to you because it's such a fabulous way to live your life. We're going to be just Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, We're going to be talking about food storage today. And not in a prepper, the world is ending kind of a way. So if you want that type of podcast, Look away, son. This is not going to be that. We are not going to be having any dehydrated meals, powdered milk. Not what we're talking about here. Um, Rather, I want to talk about, you know, we put all this work in with gardening. We put all this work in and growing food. And, you know, we talked about getting stuff from your local producers and local dairies and meat producers.
0: Mm-hmm. What are we doing with this? And why are we doing it? Right. Yeah. Nothing apocalyptic going on here no. today. We're talking about like all the feels. Yeah. We're talking about all the good stuff here. Like the Outlander root cellar feels. That's seriously, what we're talking about. All the, all the dried herbs, all the compound butters, yes. all the decorative slash utilitarian fabulous things that we get to do as homemakers and gardeners with our food. Yes. I I
1: will tell you how I got started. No bunkers started. here, Shay. There's no, no bunkers. bunkers.
0: If you have a bunker, yay! I'll be there. Uh, I don't know, six months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I read a blog way back in the day, mm-hmm. and she just talked about buying things in bulk. So she would buy, you know, oats or sugar or flour, and she would and she would store it in you know plastic tubs in her closet. That was mm-hmm. where I started. And I went to my grocery store and I got, you know, the uh, the plastic frosting tubs that you could get for free. And I started to try to find bulk grains and such like that. And that's how I first got started. But that's not even what we're talking about here. Buying in bulk is another subject for another day. I wanna, but it's sort of a gateway drug. It is a gateway. That's you, exactly you, what it was, a yeah. gateway drug. And all of a sudden, I really liked having... A closet full of oats and sugars and Mm -hmm. flowers and extra bags of salt and these really small, you know, just steps to what is now my number one hobby, which is filling my root cellar with food. (laughs) But but beautiful food, Mm -hmm. not just utilitarian, but also beautiful. So how
0: how did you kind of how did this become a thing for you? Um. Actually, I started thinking while you were talking, I asked myself, how did this start? I think it started back with my. I mean, I had a very first garden as a newlywed, but like my first potager, like where I was a gardener, you know, and I would spend eight hours and plunk a toddler down on a blanket and say, sit here and play with a cube while I work kind of a thing. Um, I remember. Uh. Making these really beautiful herb bouquets and I would sell them on Etsy. Really? And sell them on my blog. That was sort of my first foray into like, oh my gosh. First of all, I freaking love herbs. For as much as I love perennials, I could just grow roses and herbs. Mm-hmm. They make me so happy. I cannot, I don't, I actually can't articulate it. It's not even worth I just can't. I I don't know what to do with how they make me feel. And so I remember taking these herbs from my potager, and I would like layer the sage down because that was the biggest. And I would just do each one like by size. And so it was sort of like a flat. Um, it was a flat bouquet. And I would tie them at the top. And the intention was like somebody could hang it on their door. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't um, bulky on each side. And I just loved it. I loved photographing it. I loved offering it to people. I loved having them hang all over my kitchen. Yeah. I just thought, well, this is super old world and delicious. And if, is this what it's all about? Yeah. Like it, Like it. And then I, re- then I would start to dry, like, time bundles. And this is a long time ago. And I would just, like, tack a little nail in by my stovetop and hang the time bundle. And then when I would make potatoes, I would just squeeze it, like... Yep. and the dried thyme would fall into my pan and people would go, isn't it dusty? I'm like, you know, you don't understand. I don't even care. Like, this <laughs> is so heady to me. It is. This is like the stuff that dreams are made of. That is how it started for me is making these herb bundles for other people. And then I just started hanging crap everywhere. Yep. And then that was like the gateway drug to braiding onions. And then it led to compound butter. And then from there, it was just like came on. Yep. <clears throat> Yes
1: and amen. Right. But I want pass I, the ammunition. <laughs> I don't feel like this is something that I can really fully uh portray on YouTube or on the blog because it's complicated and there's a lot of different pieces and it's it's mm. uh it's like teaching somebody I how to I know what paint. you mean because it's like you
0: can't it's hard yeah, to do that. As a YouTuber like I is art don't, in a way. I, I long time ago Yeah. Sorry. We had a zoom, a zoom snag. So I was talking over you. Okay. Um, A long time ago, I did film a video on like how to braid onions, for example, because that's just one of the highlights of my year. And, you know, I did it like when I had time. And so they weren't quite ready. And of course, people are like, that's not ready. Those onions are going to rot. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I got. Call me when you have six kids and you have time to film (laughs) a YouTube video. It's really hard. I did it when I had time. I know they're going to rot. But there's a few like green onions in the braid. But I like even with YouTube, like my intention with that is not to show people how to do it. It's just sort of like cast the spell. Yes. Because you can like Google it elsewhere. Someone else will definitely tell you better how to do it than I can. But when we filmed like the video for our stone window uh, sill, our stone uh, window in the kitchen, I remember like Anais brought me her sewing box and it had blue silk ribbon in it. And it was this heart shaped tapestry box. And I took some sage and I wrapped it in the blue silk rib- ribbon and I hung it on a nail. Like that's like the sort of like warm, fuzzy, all the feels standpoint I come from on the YouTube channel when I want to share something like that. It's not necessarily a tutorial. It's just to like launch someone into like, ooh, yeah.
1: Be, what are we doing inspired here? Because that's how this. I felt. Be inspired. At other people are
0: looking at something in a magazine. Yeah. Wait, wait. I can do what with my dried stuff? I can do what with my vegetables? I can bury carrots in dirt or sand. What? Yeah. You know.
1: Okay. We we have to go about this in a practical
0: way for people. Okay. So,
1: <clears throat> I would say our food storage kind of serves two different goals. Help me with this. Our first okay. is. Uh, to store the food that we grow, so we actually eat primarily what we grow here on our farm—meat, uh, dairy, veg- veggies, fruit. What we don't grow, we get from local producers. So the goal is to store up in you know spring and summer and fall what we're going to need to eat for the coming season. That's our goal primarily but a massive second, I would say 49% of the equation is also kind of this beauty and this joy and and the magic, the spell as it were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if, you know, if push came to shove, I would just have a super practical, ugly, functional storage of food. But I also want to have it be beautiful and inspiring and make me want to go down there and fill my basket from the larder and cook something beautiful for my family. Mm -hmm. So those are my goals with food storage. Would you agree that those are your goals as well? That's what we're trying to do.
0: Yes. And I just feel like a little bit of, you know, being, uh, this is the, you know, we're June, I know for a lot of people, or July rather, a lot of people that are listening, you know, like you're like headlong, you're into summer. Like it's just beginning for me here. We're just, this is just, stuff just got real here. So this is the beginning of our third season of the garden. And in the past, I've wanted to do that and I've rented and I've done my very best. Like, I feel like I'm at this stage in my life finally, where it's just like game freaking on Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I'm wanting to grow more and be more intentional um, and not like, oh, whoopsie, the beet harvest wasn't that good. So I just won't have that many canned beets or Mm -hmm. whatever for this year. Like, no, I'm just not (laughs) taking no for an answer. That is that is not an option. Whoopsie, I didn't do a second planting of carrots, so we had enough to get through the winter. No. Yeah. If I have to get up at four in the morning to plant the carrots, that's what's going to happen. Like, I just feel like this. Very um, I just I even told Joel, I said, this is my year as a gardener. I am not taking no for an answer. Yeah. I know, you know, we talked the other day about like sometimes there will be a bust. The Zinnia this year are a bust. Yeah. Some things will go wrong, but I am intentionally seeking to provide for this house from this land that we've been blessed to have. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: And it's worth noting, too. And then all the fun, fabulous stuff. All the the fun, fabulous stuff. Right. Um, But I think it's important noting, too, that because not everybody who listens to this wants to be a farmer or is a homesteader. That's totally fine, you guys. That's great. But the going is still good. So you got to get it while you can. Like, it's cherry time here. There is a Mm -hmm. glut of cherries. And you don't have to live on a homestead to dehydrate some of your local yummy cherries and store them in a jar for winter scones you know that that's right. it's very little effort it's a pot front project to do whether you're single living in an apartment or whether you have 12 children these are just that makes sense to eat good fruit and good veg while it's good to eat mm-hmm. so there's a lot and of, for those go ahead
0: For our uh, friends that don't have, uh, you know, a small holding or a farm, you know, the the farmer's market is I used to go to the farmer's market before I had space to grow things. And I would sell them like a few weeks in advance. How much for 50 pounds of this? How much for 20 pounds of that? Yeah. Will you give me a deal? I'll bring my own tubs. Yeah. Uh, Next Tuesday, you fill them. You bring them back to me filled. You know. Yeah. They loved that. Will you or will you give me restaurant pricing on such and such? You know. Yeah. And I know that's my, like, I'm a big garage sailor, So that's my, uh, my MO, but. They see me coming a mile away.
1: They're like, mm-hmm. we're going to charge this one double. Cause we can tell she's weak.
0: Fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Fine. Okay. Not me. I'll <laughs> go like, how much for all those? How much? Okay. My pickles were, my cucumbers were a bust this year. So if I buy all of yours. Yeah.
1: Farmers like that because <laughs>
0: yeah. they want to sell their product. They love that. They don't want to take it home and have it rot. Yeah, they love that. Well, and there's some really
1: fun projects that you can do. So there is the the practical element of, you know, putting up 200 pounds of carrots. And then there's the fun element. So I've
0: always. But Shay, Shay, you're the carrot master. Would you just okay. tell us how you store your okay, carrots? Yes. Because it works. It works so well. I could go to my <laughs> cooler right now and pull out a Shay carrot and eat it from last October. Yes. And it is July. Yes. So, yes,
1: we actually just finished the last of our storage carrots right as this crop came on. And I didn't even do a second bed last year. I just did one. I harvested it in June and we finished it in June. So it, it had been in the storage for a year. So it's important to note that, you know, because this food storage is such a goal for our family, we have installed a cold what we call the cold room. And it's this walk in refrigerator, which sounds really fancy and expensive, but it's not because Lowe's sells this incredible foam board. And so we already had this area in our root cellar. We just had to put the foam board up, seal it with the foam tape, put a door in it. And then you just use an air conditioner unit that you get at any store and a little cool device called a cool bot. That overrides the air conditioner because I think the air conditioner will only go to like 60 or something. It'll only go so low. Yeah, the cool bot brings
0: it down to 32 or 33 or whatever you've decided to use. We'll link
1: to those if you guys want to check them out. This is not going to be a how-to on how to build a cold room. But I would say for us, for the entire project, probably cost about $500, including the air conditioner unit and the cool bot. So it's a really cost-effective project.
0: Yeah, the cool bot is not it's not cheap per se. Right. I did get mine on Craigslist. Okay. There you go. Or or eBay. I got mine on eBay for oh, sorry, I hit the mic. for a really good price That's a like good 175. Idea. Okay. And then and then I got an air conditioner on Craigslist yeah. for $25, and I got the door with the frame at a thrift shop for 25, and then we the studs and yeah. the yeah. And you, and, if and so like when you're looking at like a an eight hundred dollar or a twelve hundred dollar new refrigerator, that's not going to hold jack. Mm-hmm. And now I have an eight by eight walk in cooler. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Come on put it in your garage. If you've got nowhere else put it in your garage, that's more valuable than having a car parked in your garage. Um, So we store our carrots, not just in a root cellar, but in a cold room in a root cellar. And that obviously helps them to store longer because they're kept at, Mm -hmm. you know, 33, 34 degrees in that time. So what we do is we pull them out from the ground when they are good and fat and beautiful and actually, it's important to note that we actually plant a storage variety. So this is a variety that's meant yes. to store for long term. I grow Bolero. I get it from Johnny Seeds. It's a great carrot. It's never failed me. So that's the variety that I grow. Um, we pull it. We don't wash it uh, initially. We just hack the greens off, get them into a big bucket, and then we wash them. Nice cold water. It shocks them, gets them nice and crisp. Then we just layer some nice, uh, fresh, clean dirt into a storage tub. So I use cherry lugs because that's what we have. Layer of carrots. Try to not let them touch too much. Layer of dirt. Mm-hmm. Layer of carrots, layer of dirt. And that has been in a mass. Like we've stored beets that way, carrots that way, persnips that way. It works really, really well. When I first did that, I felt... So euphoric, like you you pine for this and you think about it. What must it be like? Um, and then I realized it is mm-hmm. easy, but but there's skill involved. You have you kind of have to know. Right. And it's not really something that's talked about that much in our culture, aside from a, su- a few small, you know, homesteading circles. Really? Mm-hmm. Why would I even want to do that? But that method, that's how we store our carrots, parsnips and our beets uh, for a year. In our root cellar. Mm -hmm. Uh Another major. So I think of those as like our major crops. Another major crop for us is cabbage. And for you as well. For sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cabbage we ferment into sauerkraut or kimchi. But we also keep a lot of heads just stored whole in our root cellar. I mean, they, they're money. You go in in February and you pull a fresh head of cabbage out. The outsides are going to get gross.
0: Yeah, that's what people need yeah, to know. You gotta, like, this yeah. is not all glam yes. and red wine lipstick, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, it's going to look like you cannot eat this cabbage. Yes,
1: but then you cut it in half okay. and you realize you can. Yeah, et voila. Et voila. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, keep those outer leaves on. Those are good protective leaves. You know, peel them back as you need to if they start to get really skunky. But for the most part, if you grow a storage cabbage, they'll do really well in cold storage. So those ones I literally just cut off at the base when it's when they're that size of head I want. And I just move them into cold storage. Like it, Yeah, like, I just have mine on baker's it's racks. so simple. So mm-hmm. simple. Um, another big one I know for you is onions. That's like a major staple crop for you.
0: It's major. I mean I, I have I swear I use one to three onions a day. Yes. That's what we average. <laughs> just like That's a, what we grow. We grow for two a day. I, yeah. Mm hmm. An onion junkie. So I harvest mine Look, she's when taking the notes tops are. F- while we're talking, sorry, you're taking notes. Well, while because we're I just wanted to put like the cool bot on Patreon. Okay. I'm taking notes okay. and maybe photos of our cold rooms. I thought that I have what I was YouTube saying video. was so I'm inspiring sure that you were just like, oh, I better write that down. She's uh, no, so no. good. <laughs> I think we each no, have YouTube videos on our cold cold mm-hmm. rooms. So, mm-hmm. um, I. Yeah. I wait till the onions flop over and then I harvest them. I lay them um, out in the grass. In the shade. In the shade. Yeah. Yeah. That was your thing. You left yours in the sunshine, Don't do not do you? Don't do that. No, I actually, I lay them on the grass for a while. I'm pulling everything out. Let me rephrase. And then I have, uh, anytime I'm at a barn sale or, or anything, I, you know, you can find, we all know about vintage windows, but for sure, if you look carefully, you'll notice there are vintage screens as well. And so I buy those or I grab them out of the garbage or whatever. And it, they're usually, you know, three by two or three by four or whatever. Sometimes they're really big and I set them up on rocks. And I line the onions all up on them. So then the air can circulate and I put them in the shade and I let them dry out. Mm -hmm. And I usually let them dry out the better part of a week. I'm just really waiting for them to develop that skin, which is just kind of like all the multiple layers of dried onion, Mm -hmm. basically. Protect protecting. And waiting for the greens to dry. And then you can lop the tops off, but I live to braid onions. So if you know how to French braid... You can braid an onion Mm -hmm. like that's as complicated as it gets. Mm -hmm. And so I make onion braids. um,
1: I love having a good onion braid. But you know what? I don't store the bulk of mine that way anymore because the paper from the onion tail or, you know, the green top that you braid made Mm -hmm. such a mess in my root cellar. Because I'd go down and hack an onion off and then, you know, it's just all this like. Paper and the shrapnel falling and to the I'm ground. I'm just and, like, yeah. ah, I can't take it. So now I, yeah. I dry mine the same way, except I just I hack the tops off and let it all seal up, and then store them in just like cardboard boxes on the shelves.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I Either have way. to, there's something about hanging. It's like the hanging bacon, the hanging herbs, the hanging onion is the hanging aspect that like gets me like, Oh, I know it's true. It's fun. And it's- <laughs> I'll just broom up the onion papers. Cause I gotta have the hanging onions. <laughs> it's true. I love that. Um, another major crop. I usually, Oh, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I usually bring up like one braid for the week and yeah. then I hang it on a nail by my butcher block mm-hmm. or by my stove and then that's the one I'm working with for the week. Oh, you know, that's a so. good idea. Mhm. I might need to do that this year. I might go back.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I like to be spontaneous. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out. Um garlic. You didn't plant garlic this year.
0: Is that correct? I didn't. I'm like I have to make a confession, like a homesteader, yeah, a homesteader gardener confession. I don't have asparagus. I don't have garlic. It's so bad. I don't. I just keep forgetting. It's like pathetic. It's garlic. I get so overwhelmed with everything. Well, I've only been here two. two, So two times I could have planted garlic. But last year I ordered mine too late and they were sold out. Mm -hmm. and so it's just like I'm just like a behind the eight ball kind of thing with garlic well garlic is so
1: good it works very similar to onions you can braid it Yeah. you can cut it off sun dry it for a few days in the shade to give it um, that nice skin and then store it in your root cellar that's a really great one and like again if you're in an apartment great just braid it or buy a braid from somebody at the farmer's market you know there's like that's the perfect thing to have hanging in your kitchen that is food storage yeah
0: you got garlic. So when you go to the farmers market, if you're totally new to this, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get me some garlic." There's like hard neck garlic mm-hmm. and soft neck. So like, take a look. If it looks like a ramrod attached to garlic, that's probably not, not going to braid, braid really well. But <laughs> just say. But
1: um, you know, storage for storage varieties, the majority of them are hard neck. They are. So, so You gotta weigh. Gotta weigh it in doing that. Yeah. I want to talk about something that. Got a lot of attention. I haven't given enough airtime to this on the blog or on YouTube or whatever. And that is the way that we're storing tomatoes and peppers because I notoriously
0: hate canning, which is really weird for I a homemaker. To. I hate it. It's a thankless job. My mom says it's a thankless it job. It is.
1: You, you put seven jars in at one time and you're you know kid eats one and a half when you bring out the pears and it's like really that took me yeah, well, it, 17 yeah. hours to make those 20 jars mm-hmm. of pears uh, it's mm-hmm. just hard and it's laborious and you're over the stove and then it doesn't seal and then you know this jar explodes and so the other year I kind of was just like you know what I want to find a way around that and one of the ways was hot packing jam so I do all my jams and jellies with mm-hmm. a hot pack um link to that below as well because i did a youtube video on it with a recipe um okay but oh i have a loud child be that's fine me. sorry but for um a few other crops that are traditionally canned like tomatoes i've taken a different approach to that and i've used an, an older method called oil packing and i first mm-hmm. saw this on i don't remember edwardian farm or victorian farm one of those and mm-hmm. uh ruth I can't even remember what it was, but she sort of cooks it and then packs it into this jar and then tops it off with oil. And she said, I can't imagine her having shrimp. a ton of access it was to shrimp. oil. That's either. what it was. And, and I think shrimp. she put lard okay. over the top of it. So they had caught okay, this little okay. freshwater shrimp, put lard over the top. And mm-hmm. she's like, it'll stay like this and we can take it to market and do our thing with it. And I was like, oh, you can do that? Like oil eliminates uh, oxygen and oxygen is what, deteriorates food. So I thought, mm-hmm. well surely I can do this with some vegetables. And so that's what I did with my tomatoes. I roasted them, salt and pepper, yummy, packed them into a nice glass jar, poured olive oil over the top, stuck a butter knife in, in you know, down into it just to make sure that there were no air bubbles, kept it topped off completely with oil. The trick is that you cannot have its any tomatoes sticking out the top put a lid on it and stuck it in the refrigerator and they will last in there forever. And the bonus is they, they taste so much better than canned tomatoes. They're so, so good. Especially if you grow those little beautiful cherry varieties.
0: Okay. Did that. So when you're, so I do sun dried that way. Okay. Yeah. You could just fresh, Uh, just roasted. Okay. And I do my jardinera like I pickle my jardinera and then I pack it in oil for the better part of a year. Um, when you're roasting them, are you waiting for like the skin to split or to burst or how are you doing that? I just that? do it for flavor. So I don't know. Okay.
1: I They burst, you know. And so mm-hmm. then when you go to make eggs, you know, in March or yeah. January or whatever, you just can go in and take a big old spoonful of those tomatoes. And then the only thing you have to remember is that when you put it back in the refrigerator, you need to pat it down and put fresh oil over the top. There can't ever be mm-hmm. exposed food at the top. Uh, and other than that, it will stay great. So, that's a great way to preserve tomatoes. If you don't have a water yeah. can or you don't want to, that actually tastes a lot better because you can shove rosemary sprigs down in there or garlic cloves. Oh, yeah. I always or, do like garlic
0: and rosemary yeah. and nasturtium and all, the good, all stuff the good stuff in there. And that's, um, you know, something I do like crazy is barrel pickles. Oh, Yeah. Barrel pickles are my love language. I, Mm -hmm. I can't help myself. It makes me, it's one of the things it's like, it's like braiding onions. You guys, there's, we work so hard as homemakers. And those of us that farm and garden, like you have to have a couple things that you do in the whole process that just speak to your soul. And as silly as it sounds, barrel pickles do that for me. I get out my big crocks and I layer, you know, I go and we have like a lot of wild grapevines and always have on whatever property we've lived on. So I grab those for the tannins. And I think people have told me there's other oak things. Leaves. Like oak leaves. Yeah. yeah. That have the same tannins. To, that, the tannins will help keep the pickle crunchy because yeah. that's what you want. And I do nasturtiums and garlic. And yes. I just layer them like flowers, garlic, pickles, grape leaves, flowers, garlic, pickle, grape yes. leaves. You know. Oh, my gosh. I have a recipe for that water, on the blog. You know?
1: If we want to tag one below so people know how to do it. Uh, okay. I don't know if you have one on yours if if so tag that uh, I,
0: I've never put the recipe okay. on my yes. blog I haven't do those no. and then eat right a pickle. I think right when we right when I had it it was like one of those things where I had filmed it and everything and then we we decided to move yeah. and I was like well I don't think I really want to put this video yeah. up with the old farm so I'll wait and
1: can I be but, honest about that sure there's a lot I do I mean we're talking about the beauty we're talking about the spell. <laughs> I don't want to film it. I don't want to put it on Instagram stories. I don't want to blog about it. I want to
0: experience, experience it
1: fully. Yeah. And I tell you, yep. like there is so much about this that we have not talked about because when I'm doing these beautiful things like barrel pickles or or braiding garlic or mm-hmm. like I do that because it fills my
0: soul and Mhm. Like, no, as no, like to what Shay is saying, like both of us being, you know, I don't know, whatever the word is, influencers or whatever, but like on social media, like. We say all the time, like, I would do this stuff anyways, even if no one was watching. Yes. And there is a certain aspect of that pressure of grabbing your camera, making sure the disc is empty, making sure your mic has a battery, the camera has a battery. There's enough storage on your computer, (laughs) which never happens when you're a YouTuber. You're always on the cusp of divorce (laughs) over the lack of space on your computer. Yes. There is there is an aspect to. You know, like even just talking to the homemaker right now, like just go live. Yes, you, you don't even have to share with your friends on Instagram what you're doing. Just go do the things in your garden and in your kitchen and on your butcher block that make your heart sing. And like, yes, if you need validation, this is Shay and I validating you that even if no one ever sees your herb bouquets and no one ever sees your onion braids or your stored carrots that lasted till next year, like you did yep. it. You
1: you got and dare this. I say it is actually more satisfying to me. The things that feel like mine completely. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I remember feeling the need to go tell everybody on Facebook that I was dehydrating tomatoes. Look how homey I am.
0: Uh, Well, because it, it felt cool, like to, yeah, for, it's exciting to your credit or to the new homemakers credit like There are a lot of people that are just on their first steps of this journey. And it's like mind blowing. How fun it is. I can roast a a chicken. Yeah. I can I can do a sourdough starter. Are you kidding me? Yes. I didn't know I could do that. So like we got you there. We get totally.
1: Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how much we hate canning. So let's talk about the two other methods that we employ the most. uh, Freezing and fermenting. Uh, so right. the, barrel pickles so the, f- the barrel pickles are fermentation. Yeah. So you, you use salt, mm-hmm. brine to um, create the right type of bacterial environment for these foods to last. Mm-hmm. Exnay the bad bacteria, bring in the good bacteria, super good for your body and your gut. This is what sauerkraut is. This is what kimchi is. This is what traditional pickles were. There's really great ways to do all kinds of different things this way. Um, so implementing that is a great resource. Implementing the oil packing is another great preservation method. And then the third, well, actually there's two more, um, dehydrating, get you a dehydrator, You will use this so much.
0: I'm terrible. Like I'm like using my oven with like a wooden spoon propped in it and like burning my sun-dried tomatoes. It's so pathetic. My aunt
1: gave me one my first year married. And she (sighs) um it was one that she had gotten in a garage sale and used for about twenty five years and just didn't really use that much anymore. Then gave it to me and I used it for a decade and it was lovely. But last year it finally died. And so I went and bought the family size mm. dehydrator. And I'm really excited to have that. It has rainier cherries in it actually right now in my kitchen. I I built it into the kitchen so that it could have a shelf and be out 24-7 without being in the way. Be plugged in all the time. That's a great method of preservation.
0: And then Okay, so when we're done here, you're going to give me the name because I'll put yes, a link on I will. the show yes, notes. Yes, absolutely. I'll show you the
1: one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mess around with dehydrating those little round ones that hold like three apricots. No, those are jokes. See, on. that's
0: what I started with and I was like, screw yeah. this. And then I started researching the oven or if they're like, oh, if you live in a really hot area, no. you can use the dashboard of your car. I'm like, the hell I can. <laughs> I, do you know what I'm trying to do here? Like, eight <laughs> mouths to feed. Um, Seriously.
1: And that's why I love freezing because if the end mm-hmm. goal is food storage, there's a lot to be said for the fun stuff. And I'm all about that. But if you're actually trying to move through quantities of food for your family. No, then pragmatism, pragmatism reigns yeah, supreme. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, can you yeah. see this table outside my window right no. now? You probably can't see uh-huh. it, but my niece is out there. She's pitting through 50 pounds of Bing cherries. And those are for the freezer.
0: Bless her heart. What do you. Ha- OK, like cherry cherry. What is she using? Cherry Cherry pitter. I know, but that's a...
1: But which one? Like the little ball jar yeah. one? No, not a ball jar. It's just a loose one that sits on your thing and you just hit the thing and it pops the pit out and spits it out in a no man's land. and
0: One at a time? One at a time. One at okay. a time. Because here they sell like the one that goes on top of the ball jar. Because we live in cherry country too. That's the irony of where you and I live. We're each in like cherry very land. different but orchard areas. Um, here it like goes on top of a ball yep. jar and you go boop and you... It's so efficient. And so I thought, well, this was like $9 at a gift local uh, winery. And so I thought, well, I'll buy like the $50 one on Amazon and we'll just crush it. And we'll just pit all these cherries because I have gallons of cherries in my freezer. It doesn't work for crap. Oh. I mean, like, it's really bad. Okay, This this so-called cherry pitter. Well, I'm in the market for a new cherry pitter. These, I mean...
1: The thing about a cherry is they're all different sizes and the pits are in different places. And mm-hmm. so you still have to be quality control when you're going through this. Oh, for
0: sure. I, anytime we have family over or I serve a cherry yep. pie, yesterday uh, was Junior's birthday and yep. like I made a cherry filling for the cake. I'm like too gingerly yep. here's because, your disclaimer. Oh, no, this say. is homemade. Like,
1: yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just froze example for, for example, a bunch of pie cherries. So instead of canning them in a sugar syrup, which you would have to do to keep them in a jar, um, we just put them in, you know, plastic quart Ziplocs and we put them in the freezer. Um, and this is a great, this is how we preserve a lot of stuff. Fruit does great being frozen because the reality is, you know what? I'm using it in smoothies or cobblers or ice creams. So the little bit of texture that you lose from freezing it is fine in the
0: final product. Yeah. I do all my basil in the freeze or my uh, pesto. Mm -hmm. So I make so much pesto every year. It's that's a huge portion of what I I mean. 20 quarts, which isn't a lot, but meal speaking, That's that's a lot. 40 meals, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh I can't I do that all in the freezer. They're so great. They're so
1: handy to have. They don't look as pretty, but um again, there's that balance of pragmatism and beauty. Uh so mm-hmm. one of the jobs I had my niece do with me yesterday, and I told her this is the worst job on the farm I'm preparing you is freezing extra eggs because naturally the chickens will slow down in the wintertime. Right now we're getting Mm -hmm. a bunch of eggs. They go bad really quickly because it's really, really hot. They're, you know, poopy ones that we don't want to like crack into a skillet and eat right away. Gross. (laughs) So what we do is we go through, we crack each egg individually into a small bowl, make sure it's good before transferring it to uh, a Tupperware. And we do a dozen in each Tupperware, put a lid on and whip them up with a little pinch of salt, put them in the freezer. And then when you want to make that glorious puff pancake that so many of you are telling me is now your breakfast go-to or a frittata or something of the like. You just can go to the freezer and grab that out in the wintertime. And there's just 12 already cracked whisked eggs ready for you. It's so nice to have on hand.
0: Yes. And for our city friends, uh, chickens, like us, lay eggs based on ovulation, and even we ovulate based on light, and so when there's less light in the winter, the chickens don't lay as many eggs. Yes. So as farmers, we find ourselves feeding these birds because they eat to stay warm, but they're not putting out, <laughs> so it's but nice to get a jump on it before they go into yes. their fall molt when they start shedding their feathers and then their body gets stressed out and they stop laying and then the dark hours come and then they quit laying and you're like, why am I even doing this? Exactly. Why yeah. do I have 60 chickens and we don't have anything exactly. for breakfast? I'm a massive mm-hmm.
1: uh, protein person at breakfast, so I am all about meats like steak or bacon or ham or and eggs. Panchata. Panchata.
0: <laughs> potatoes fried say, in duck fat. <laughs> We we got our pigs, and that's every time I look at them, I'm like, "Here, little panchetta. Uh-huh. Here, I little will do pancetta, anything for I, the pancetta. I, I love like a shaved meat at breakfast. Yep. It makes me so happy. That oatmeal will only I take toss. me so far in the winter time. Oh yeah, till about nine twenty three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> then I'm ready to rip someone's eyeballs <laughs> yep, out. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it manifests for me too. <laughs> But the caffeine is like burning a hole yep. in your stomach. Like, <laughs> you Why gave do I want to kill was someone? Carbohydrates and
1: sugar, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I, I mean, we haven't even come close to like. We haven't even touched it. But like, I want to. I kind of want to talk just a few things. A little bit of encouragement for you, because um, lest you think that Angela and I are just angelic beings with all of the skills up our sleeves. Uh, there's been some. <sighs> Massive failures, massive disasters, and also, frankly, a massive waste of energy in putting, preserving, or putting up or storing foods that turns out you're not actually going to eat.
0: Oh my gosh, Shay! The first year I tried to do carrots, my Graham, and no offense, Graham, I know you listen to the show, but like she said, oh, you can store carrots in sand. Mm. Well, I just thought she just meant sand. I didn't know she meant sand in a cool root cellar environment. I have beautiful photographs like they're so pretty. I have like all these French wine crates and <laughs> I took pictures of the whole process. Carrots lined up, beets lined up and I buried them in sand. And I had like this is poor Joel shopping to Home Depot to get me sand yeah. so I can do my thing. And I'm burying them and burying them. And then we go to move and I stick my hand in. It's like sog oh. like mushy ugh, carrots and beets. And I mean, like so many fails. Yes. You can't even seriously. Yeah, I last year I harvested all my beautiful onions, Parma yellow, yellow of Parma, Parma baby, gorgeous like the size of freaking softballs, and I was too busy because that's the way it goes when you're launching your homeschool year and trying to put up food. And I put them all in wine crates and I set them in the basement. And I'm like, okay, I'll have time to do that in a couple of days. Six months later, what's that smell? Mm. And there's like rotting onions in my basement. Did they just not have enough circulation? circulation? Air circulation? I just... I just No, I was... You know, they had no circulation. Mm -hmm. No, they were just sitting down there. (laughs) I mean, maybe if they were on a shelf or something. I didn't cut the tops off or anything. I just put them down there literally like, oh, I will get to this. And then so for a few weeks I subsequently used them in recipes and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm just being really honest here. It was really pathetic. It was really
1: pathetic. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like... You have to do it to learn. So like, don't let the failures. I just cleaned out my root cellar because I know that it's going to be time and not that long to bring in the new stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had a bunch of garlic that we, I mean, we'd had as much garlic as we needed, but there was still stuff left over. And I'm like, dang it. I could have taken that and dehydrated it and made some really gorgeous garlic salt. And instead it just sat in here and dried up. Dried up into little raisins, little garlic raisins, <laughs> like all this gorgeous little garlic wasted. Last year, I spent a ton of time oil packing all this roasted fennel. Uh, turns out no Whoa. one in my family really likes fennel, especially oh. roasted. It just was not good. So I kept trying to put it in things and they're like, can you stop putting this in things? <laughs> so I threw away, like, I don't know, 10 quarts of Oil-packed oh, no. roasted fennel that I grew.
0: So it's just oh, my I feed goodness. it to the chickens or just whatever yeah. dish you Pastas. could come up with. Yeah, um, yeah. I just fed it to no, the chickens because like a- then it's
1: not a total waste. They take it in and they give me eggs. Um,
0: <laughs> and I, say, I think like that's a whole another show. Is Have like we already
1: done one on failings. <laughs>
0: no no about how things the the operations of the farm like this is a youtube video i even want to make like okay like you feed it to the pigs or you feed it to the whatever and you feed it to the chickens and the extra cow's right. milk feeds the pigs and it, the manure does the garden yeah, and like there's actually no the, waste
1: when done correctly it's pretty no, exciting yeah
0: right hmm. yeah i'm cleaning out my cooler right now um, from like apples i didn't have time to make applesauce out of last year and i'm like you're peaky, peaky. <laughs> Yeah,
1: perfect. Well, I'm giving my, uh, walk-in cooler a little facelift while it's the emptiest that it will ever be. And with some wallpaper, I'm not going to do wallpaper like you because unfortunately <laughs> mine is not square enough for wallpaper. But what I am going to do because I don't like seeing the silver metallic foam board is I, you mm. can tack into it. It's literally just foam board. So I got yeah, burlap to. Tap to hang. All around. So, in like kind of these burlappy kind of curtains. And then just I'm building new shelving out of wood planks and cinder blocks. Like, this is not an expensive project, but it gives it that rustic feel, you know? And it might seem silly to decorate the inside of your refrigerator, your walk in refrigerator, but. That's the spell we're talking about. When you go in there and you see the jars of tomatoes and the bins of carrots and you know, I would even argue like get rid of the plastic bins. Yes, they're practical, but I'll tell you, I much more prefer reaching into a wood crate.
0: It it looks different. Wicker I have baskets, a different a wooden basket. I have a ton of uh vintage uh produce. Yeah. Wooden crates like with old labels yeah. on the front from a barn sale. Yeah. Like whatever just gives you the inspiration when you go mm-hmm. to make another meal. Yes. Like let's be real. Yep.
1: It does. It yeah. feels better. It
0: feels good.
1: Um and it's worth the effort. I mean, I know that this is a hard time of year for all of us. I mean, it's it's sun up to sundown.
0: There's no rest. Yeah. This the whole like But I do like I do really think like even if you have a refrigerator, like People, I know there's 98% of us people listening are not going to make a cooler in their garage or in their base. Even your refrigerator. Make it a place of inspiration. Can I just say that? Like, get rid of the plastic bins and put wicker baskets. When you go get your produce at the store, put wicker baskets in your fridge. Always have a fresh bouquet of flowers that just stay in your fridge. So every time you open it, you're like, hey, there's a bouquet of flowers. Make it as aesthetically pleasing as you can because there is a mundane, a very mundane aspect to three meals a day, feeding your family day in, day out. So- Yes. Like we talk about kind of staying in the zone in other areas, like stay in the zone when you open the fridge or when you open the cooler, give yourself a chance to stay in that inspired place so that you can serve and do your job.
1: And oftentimes that's
0: all it takes. One, that's all it takes. One little tinge
1: of excitement and you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. You can keep going. Live to die another day as it were. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> on that note let's cue the music <laughs> and remember sharing is caring yes. so we would be so blessed if you would share homemaker chic podcast with a girlfriend or on your favorite social media platform be sure to visit us over on instagram at homemaker chic podcast and tomorrow whatever it is if it's your scrubs if it's your coveralls doing the chores, if it's your favorite vintage dress, share with us what makes you feel feminine for hashtag ultra feminine Friday. Yes. Go over and show some love to our sponsors. Again, welcoming our new sponsor, 956studio.com for all your comfortable Organic cotton loungewear made here in the USA, right here at Wisconsin Company. Of course, um, check out the show, American notes Blossom too. Linens. Oh, sorry. Dry Farm Wines. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> Get your uh, red wine lipstick from Tubes yes. & What were you I saying, just gonna Shay? I was going to say,
1: there's so, we packed so much into this episode with the news sponsor and with the coupon codes and, and the videos and storage um, recipes and all this kind of stuff. So please head on over to HomemakerChicPodcast.com and check out this episode and look at Angela's show notes. She writes them all up, blood, sweat, and tears, so that you can have all the resources that we're talking about in this episode in one easy place. So if you forget the name of something, you're not quite sure what we were talking about, make sure to check out the show notes below so that you can be
0: in the know. All right, and then you can just spend all weekend inspires. Yes. What are you gonna do this weekend to inspire you? Until Monday's episode. What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, Me? what are you gonna do and inspire oh you?
0: Well, I will probably have a new baby calf. So yeah, I will probably buddy. I mean I, I better. Like We didn't
1: even talk about mine. We didn't even talk about George.
0: Yeah, we're we're off. We need to do like a little farm catch up. George is here. George is in the house. All right. George well, is in the farm. Uh Shay and George I okay, really, really house. quick. <laughs> Shay and I, I have my first cow. This is brand new. And when Shay and I compared notes, my cow has only been with us for about nine weeks, but they had the same due date. So Shay's cow was early and my cow is officially do like right now while <laughs> yeah. we're recording like literally this is her due date right now so i don't think it's happening today did you so. check her ligaments okay. yeah but like yeah they're not okay no, she's you'll know you'll know when happening. it's time we you know the whole jean paul Gaultier boob shape thing we talked about at the beginning so
1: <laughs> all right ladies well we hope you guys have a <laughs> fabulous weekend and we will talk to you on monday Cheers.
0: Cheers.